Welcome to the NutraCast, a production by Nutra Ingredients USA. I'm Danielle Masterson. Thank you for joining me here on the NutraCast, where we talk and share insights from inside the nutrition industry. At this time last year, you may not have even heard about this cannabis compound, but today, Delta-8 is the fastest growing category of hemp products, with U.S. sales showing Delta-8 jumping 144% from a year earlier. Now, Delta-8 has exploded onto the scene as manufacturers and brand owners look for ways to utilize their amassed hemp biomass. Despite its controversy, one formulation specialist supports the use of Delta-8, and he's here to tell us why. Joining me now is Ross Anderson, COO and product curator of Elevated Wellness. Welcome to the NutriCast, Ross. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. Well, welcome to the show. And before we get into all that stuff, I mean, tell me about Elevated Wellness and what your role is. Absolutely. So Elevated Wellness is technically a pharmacist doctor-owned operation. Uh, we own our own independent compounding pharmacies, as well as USP 800 ISO 5 labs uh, here in Austin, Texas, as well as uh, surrounding areas. We do our best in our role to create a fail-safe environment for both customers and patients alike. And when I say that, we do work with a lot of doctors in the United States who send their patients directly to us for relief with cannabis-infused products specifically uh, hemp-based genetics as well. So with that said, our fail-safe environment is created by full panel testing. So an extensive R&D and vetting processes, not just for labs, but products alike. Uh, we are also a manufacturer and we do full paneling on not just our extracts, but the products that we're producing with those extracts as well. We also focus on mostly, I would say, 95 plus percent organic materials. The majority of our products are organic based and all natural, kosher certified for the most part. And again, we do full panel testing with all of our products. So that means that we don't just test and confirm potencies on these products. We also test for microbial evidence, heavy metals, pesticides, residual solvents, caustic acids, microtoxins. I mean, honestly, if it's under the sun, we test for it. I was going to say you are a one-stop shop. You know, obviously there's a lack of legal control regulation and, and quality. So we're trying to take that upon ourselves so that if anybody comes to us, they're getting a fully tested product. Mm -hmm. And so you mentioned that Elevated Wellness was founded by pharmacists. What yes. role do pharmacists play as hemp products go mainstream? So there's a few things, not just utilizing pharmaceutical journals and working with doctors and medical controlled testing more closely, but also there is a knowledge that comes with pharmaceutical manufacturing uh, as far as quality regulation and quality manufacturing. So our practices and our manufacturing side are all USDA approved processes, FDA regulated processes. When you talk about, you know, all these different offerings that you have, do they fall under the dietary supplement category? They can, absolutely. Um, obviously, there are multiple uses for products like this, any cannabis infused products that can come from therapeutic relief all the way to actual medicinal value. So in all honesty, you could probably lump them into both. Okay. I'm asking because 
Nutri Ingredients USA, we focus on the dietary aspect of things. It sounds like your products, just depending on what they're being used for, could go either way. Right, right. Because again, we do we do have retail environments where we do help the everyday person who just has stress issues and things of that nature. But then we also work with medical patients who suffer from more strenuous conditions, things like epilepsy and, and, and so forth. So I, I could see it being used in the medical industry as well as the supplement industry for sure. Okay. In my intro, I mentioned Delta-8, but for those who don't know, how do you explain what Delta-8 is? So Delta-8 is a traditional cannabinoid that exists in the specific genomes of cannabis, but it's like many other compounds, for instance, CBN. It's found in such low levels in the raw material. It's not an efficient cannabinoid to just extract naturally with either ethanol, CO2 methods, even rosin methods, and so forth. But what we can do is take a cannabinoid like CBD, and with an isomerization process in a lab, we can actually force a change in that, as it would do potentially in nature, in a lab and create Delta-8-THC. And it's a process that can be done either by just purely pressure or heat, but the more efficient processes and the ones that get a higher level of Delta THC generally do involve some sort of caustic material and or solvent acid, et cetera, et cetera. With that said, isomerization processes have been around for decades and have been used in proper settings to make very, very clean and safe drugs. And so it shouldn't necessarily be any different here. The only issue is, is there's a lot of people getting into manufacturing chemicals like this that don't necessarily have the background or knowledge or abilities that someone like ourselves would have to do so. So, which is why we do full panel testing and so forth to confirm and show the user that we're doing it in a pro proper methods, we're producing it in proper methods, and then we're also testing it to make sure that once that's fully processed and purified, that it doesn't contain any dangerous materials. So my understanding is, is that there isn't enough naturally occurring Delta-8 to go around. So that's why you have to do that process. Absolutely. So it, it's just only exists at very low percentages in the natural plant. I mean, like CBN, I'm sure you've seen products with CBN in it used as a sleep aid or something of that nature. Mm -hmm. About 90 plus percent of the CBN in those products are made with an isomerization process, no different than Delta-8 THC. So what research is out there on Delta-8? What do we know? So it was discovered in the 40s, actually, and there was some extensive research in the 70s, both with the National Cancer Institute and other institutions as well. And they actually did find some pretty successful effects and results with this. And it didn't just stop there. There's even been studies in the 90s in Jerusalem with the Hebrew University. Uh, a lot of these have been more cancer involved, whether it be with reducing tumor sizes or growth, or even reducing nausea with people who are taking chemotherapy and things of that nature as well. And then there have been some studies more recently in the 2000s 
there's been a few studies with mice and then 2018 as well, where the uh, cannabis and cannabinoid research was more focused on inflammation and pain diminishing. So there has been some control testing, 100%. We personally think there still needs to be more. Obviously, with legal issues, there has been a lack in certain decades of control testing. Um, but if we can open that up, which we are nowadays, uh, we would push people to continue this and to do more extensive medical research with it, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, why do you think Delta-8 is getting such a bad rap? I think partially the bad rap comes from that it's man-made in a lab and some people don't necessarily have a full understanding of what that means but to be honest that should apply to any extraction method even ethanol extractions co2 extractions and rosin etc etc can come out with dangerous impurities depending on the raw material the processes being used the purification processes etc etc so as much as it is a risk, if someone is producing this that doesn't actually know entirely how to do this in a quality sense, I would love to make the point that that should apply with any extraction method, period. And this is why even our uh, advanced ethanol extractions, CO2 extractions that we use in our products, we do full panel of those to confirm a lack or uh, omission of impurities. So I think it's important across the board, but I think a big part of it is people consider this a synthetic process, but we're taking a natural cannabinoid and with pressure and heat, forcing it to change into a cannabinoid, it could change into in nature. So we're not taking splicers or anything of that nature and creating completely new chemicals, for instance, like JWH-018, which was one of the original uh, can synthetic cannabinoids that was used in things like spice and so forth. JWHO18 is not a traditional cannabinoid, whereas Delta-8-THC absolutely is. And instead of actually creating a new cannabinoid from scratch, like we did with JWHO18, and not we as in elevated, I should make clear, uh, but Delta-8-THC is being done using an isomerization process. And isomerization, that process has been around for decades. I know every state's different and, and every company and every person I talk to has a different opinion. So I think I know what you are going to say, but is Delta-8 legal? In the majority of states, it is. Obviously, many states have now made it illegal. And more often than not, that's off the basis that is psychotropic, which it 100% is. Now, it's not nearly as psychotropic as Delta-9. Uh, it definitely has a lower ceiling on psychotropia, but it is a psychotropic compound. So it does, quote unquote, produce a high. So do you think selling Delta-8 is in the spirit of the farm bill, or do you think Delta-8 would be better off under, say, state marijuana oversight? Honestly, I think it could apply to both. So that's the difficult one. Cannabis, in my eyes, cannabis is cannabis. As long as the user's educated on compounds, sort of efficacies they can produce, that's what we care about. So we would like to see for the regulation on quality control, but not necessarily sale, unless it has to do with age limits and things of that nature. Mm -hmm. Some people might consider Delta-8 more along the lines of CBD. 
and a dietary supplement. And then some are grouping it along the lines of marijuana. Like THC rich cannabis. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that's because of its psychotropic ability is why people kind of lump it in with uh, traditional cannabis. But this is a hemp extracted compound, though, in all reality, you could make this compound with traditional cannabis and isomerization process. So it could be used in both ways and made from both genetics or different types of genetics of cannabis. But we do see a high medicinal value with Delta-8. Uh, specifically, its analgesic ability is considerably stronger than Delta-9 THC. So we see with controlled testing and, and R&D and vetting and so forth, we see quite a bit of, of success with reducing pain and inflammation issues with people. Um, and that's a big part of the hemp industry to begin with, um, is usually stress issues, inflammation issues, pain issues, things of that nature. So I think it is a viable option for the consumer of hemp genetics, for sure. It's just we want to make sure that they're aware if that's the, the, the compound that they decide to use, that they're aware of the potential side effects as far as its psychotropic abilities. And that's that education piece. And so how do you educate your consumers? Do you feel like that's your responsibility? Yeah. Anybody who comes to us, we go over extensive education with them. Matter of fact, anybody who comes into our retail establishments, we do offer free consultations. And we do this in order to uh, start a conversation, understand exactly what their interest is in these compounds, what they potentially are suffering from or dealing with. And then we can then educate them on multiple options and compounds, as well as kind of educate them on the possibilities and what they could do for them. This way they can potentially also make an educated decision on what would be best for them. And... Uh, also, where to start? We always push people to start very low on dosage and gradually increase. As we all know, all of our body chemistries are different. So what one dose will work for one person may not work for another. So it's imperative, especially when someone's first starting out, to start low and gradually increase to find the proper threshold for their body chemistry. So we push education strenuously mainly because again, we're trying to create this fail safe environment for people with not just full panel testing, but we want to bring education into it as well. So that person feels like they can further protect themselves when they go out into the world and look at more or other brands producing these products. You mentioned your company is based in Austin, Texas. Yes. What is the attitude like there towards CBD and now things like Delta 8? It's actually very positive. Technically, in Austin, Texas, even traditional cannabis has been decriminalized. So it is a little bit more of an accepting area in the state of Texas when it comes to compounds that come from cannabis and hemp genetics, for sure. Mm -hmm. So we do see a positive reception on compounds like this. Now, there's still a mixture. There are some traditionalists and so forth that look down on things like isomerization and so forth. But again, more often than not, that's because they either don't fully understand it or just don't trust it because there's potentially people manufacturing that who don't do it to the extent of people like ourselves. And so that kind of goes back to education, not just for consumers, but also some of these producers out there. 
Oh, hundred percent. But again, that could go with any extraction method. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've, I've literally found ext- traditional extractions that had insane amounts of impurities in it. So it can go both ways in that sense. But yeah, definitely, I think some of the negative reception of it is people just don't fully understand it or don't understand how it could be produced in a quality fashion. What are some of the biggest questions surrounding Delta 8? What do you get asked the most? Uh, what is it? Will it get me high? You know, what are the medicinal values of this? They want some sort of education. It's like what it is, how it's made, what it can do, what are some of the positive and or negative connotations with this? So we do have a lot of people coming to us and asking what is Delta ATHC? And what we do is just push that education side of us and do as our best job to kind of go over a roundabout and full explanation as to what it is, not just on the production side and manufacturing side, but what kind of efficacies it can produce. Mm -hmm. So already we see that it has a higher analgesic ability than traditional Delta 9 THC, has less risk in creating anxiety panicking issues, though it's not risk-free. It's definitely great with stress issues. We found a lot of people finding extreme relief with sleep issues with Delta 8 THC, especially when they're suffering from pain issues and that's what's keeping them up. Uh, Restless leg syndrome, things of that nature. So there's a lot of anecdotal evidence that we're seeing with patients and consumers alike getting that kind of relief with Delta 8 THC. So we do try to explain that to people and obviously let them know of the risks as well because of the fact that it is psychotropic. We need to make sure that they're okay with that. And then also it's a risk as far as drug testing. There is some rumors that Delta 8 THC will not pop positive on a drug test. We have found that to be untrue. It will pop positive on a drug test. So if somebody does need to stay away from THC compounds, this is obviously not an option for them. So there's multiple things we want to educate the user on when they come to us. And generally, even when someone asks us a single question, we'll go further than that and just do our best to explain the chemical compound as a whole. CBD was an up and coming, you know, ingredient not that long ago. And so I'm kind of seeing parallels with Delta 8 and CBD. What lessons can Delta 8 producers learn from the CBD industry? Well, a lot of the Delta 8 producers are from the CBD industry. Um, I think the CBD industry and the Delta 8 industry and the traditional cannabis industry ultimately could learn a lot from each other as well as from the medical industry. Mm -hmm. So I think there's a lot of people getting into every portion of the cannabis industry. And there's a lot of these people getting into this that don't really have the knowledge or wherewithal to produce these things at a high quality state. And so I think those are the people who, I guess, stand to learn the most. But just as the cannabis industry, there's a lot of medical professionals there. There's a lot of medical professionals in the CBD and hemp industry. And I would lump Delta 8 THC currently in with the hemp industry simply because more often than not, Delta 8 THC produced from hemp genetics. I think a big part of this is, are you a grower? Are you a manufacturer? Are you a retailer? 
I think a lot of growers have sometimes a negative look on Delta-8 THC, but again, I feel like more often than not, they don't fully understand the isomerization process, and so they fear it. That, or maybe it's reducing their sales enough to where they do want to fight this compound in one way or another. We also see with just the retail industry, just a lack of knowledge in general. Um, we've actually gone to other CBD companies, retail shops, and so forth, and just ask them about their products. And more often than not, they don't have a lot of knowledge and are unable to provide any sort of controlled testing or lab testing on these products. So again, I think every facet of the cannabis industry in general could learn a lot from the people who are taking the proper steps and passion and love for these plants to make it in a quality sense. And that's why we push more for quality regulation in every facet of the cannabis industry. That includes CBD, Delta 9, THC, et cetera, et cetera. Ultimately, there's such a lack of quality regulation. I think that should be a pretty major focus at this time. If we want to stop putting products out there that are faulty or dishonest. I think the biggest thing here is to create some sort of regulation in the quality of how these things are manufactured and produced than anything. And then also pushing education in every aspect and facet possible. The way I see it, gas stations don't really have any business selling this kind of product. What I would like to see is those CBD retailers and so forth if someone goes to them, then I would like to see them be able to actually explain this compound forward and backward and also produce them with some sort of proof that what they're getting is uh, safe and free of any sort of dangerous compounds. Yeah. So I feel like the CBD industry has matured over time. It still has 100%. definitely room to. And then I'm looking at different reports. Um, for instance, you probably heard of the Watchdog Group Leaf Report. They had some research out not too long ago that found over half of the Delta-8 THC hemp-derived products they tested had illegal levels of Delta-9 THC. And I know that at one point, CBD was like that, and they're getting better. So how long do you think it's going to take for Delta-8 to get up to, to where you want it to be? Luckily, with our vetting and our R&D and everything, we, we can confirm that ours does not have any illegal limits of Delta-9. Uh, we use multiple labs to confirm this. But I get, I get your point, and I do think there's a lot to be learned with most of these manufacturers. And plus, it's such a new compound and it's such a new process in extraction that there is a lot to learn. And there's a lot of tightening up that needs to be done. And it's not just the legal limits of Delta-8. We're finding all kinds of pretty random impurities and pretty heavy impurities in some of these products. For instance, Delta-8 flour is one of the biggest culprits of that. More often than not, these manufacturers are submersing the extract into an acetate-like solution, setting that into a spray gun and spraying that onto CBD flour, creating quote-unquote Delta-8 flour. Well, every Delta-8 flower that we've tested has come back with dangerous levels of impurities. So we, as a company, refuse to sell Delta-8 flower at this moment until potentially the right people or the right knowledge comes into play to produce that at a high quality stance. So there, there is a lot of issues, but we, again, we see that with 
most of these different industries, both the traditional cannabis, CBD, the Delta-8 industry as well. So I think there's a lot to be learned across the board, but you are correct. The CBD industry is getting a little bit tighter, a little bit more successful with that. Um, not just producing things in a legal stance, but in a safe and quality stance as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Delta 8 obviously does, there's a lot to learn with this. There's also a lack of long-term use data. What we can say though, is it is a natural cannabinoid. So in all reality, with the extensive use of cannabis in our history, not just the United States, but the world, there's probably little little dangers involved with consuming Delta 8 unless you're consuming a low quality version of that. Something that was produced in a fashion that provides you with an extract that still consists of different impurities or dangerous chemicals. We could do a whole episode just on that. I mean, there's so many ways to break it oh, yeah. down. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, it, it, it is an ever-growing industry and really we need to grow with it in the right way and i think the right way of doing that is to further regulate the qualities of these products all right ross anderson of elevated wellness thank you so much for coming on the nutricast today well thank you i really appreciate it If you like what you just heard, you could subscribe to the NutraCast wherever you get your podcast. You can also head to NutraIngredients-USA.com for even more Nutra-related content. Thank you for listening. I'm Danielle Masterson. As always, I'll catch you here on the NutraCast next week.